Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Persuasion, convincing others to change the way they think, believe, or behave. On this edition of the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. So good to be with you today. Every week, we dive into one of the competencies in The Complete Leader, the book by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. And each week, Ron Price leads us deeper into that competency. Today, it is persuasion. And Ron is the president and founder of Price Associates, a global leadership performance firm, as a noted expert on how human behavior translates to company culture, individual and business performance. Ron has traveled more than 2 million miles, given more than 1,500 speeches in 15 countries. He's the author of six books, including Treasure Inside, 23 Unexpected Principles That Activate Greatness. He co-authored The Complete Leader, Everything You Need to Become a High-Performing Leader with Randy Lisk. As I said, he's on the faculty of The Complete Leader. His most recent book co-authored is uh, The Innovator's Advantage and all of those available on Amazon. Regular contributor to magazines, radio and TV, Ron and his wife Pam live in Boise, Idaho. They have six children and eight grandchildren. Ron, great to be with you today. Thank you, Dale. You give me a smile when you mention my six children and eight grandchildren. You saved the best for last. Absolutely. Well, I know that family is so important and uh, you are, you've had some fun time with family recently. So it's, it's, uh, I know that's always bringing a smile to your face. Yes, that's right. Hey, the fun time you're talking about is floating the middle fork of the Salmon River, one of the top uh, five float trips in the world, I believe. So we had a wonderful time, beautiful weather, and it was quite an experience. Fantastic. Today, we're talking about persuasion convincing others to change the way they think, believe, or behave. And just before I I hit the record button for this podcast, we were chatting about it and you talked about how you get almost a visceral reaction from people. It's either they love the idea or they're repulsed by the idea, especially when we think about it, is this manipulation? I think from a sales standpoint, I'm going to drive in, I'm going to get the credit card number kind of thing. So help us dive deeper into what we're really talking about, what we really mean from a leadership perspective when we talk about persuasion and whether or not it is manipulation. Yes. Well, Dale, I've had um, a long history of, among other things, being involved in business development and sales. I think I started selling seeds and greeting cards when I was about eight years old. And though I've never seen myself as a professional salesperson, I've never been a full, well, I've been rarely been a full-time salesperson. Um, I've had people make the comment that he could sell ice to Eskimos and it's always bothered me because it sounds like he he's so convincing, he's so persuasive that he could make people buy something they don't need or want. And that's really not what we're talking about. And it's so interesting to me that when I look at all the skills that are in the Complete Leader Library, that this is one of the very few skills where you don't get many neutral responses. People immediately either like what we're talking about or they recoil from it and say, oh, I don't want to be that. You know, for some folks, they think of persuasion as one of the most satisfying skills that they could ever develop because they're getting other people to do things. And then for the people who are repulsed by it, they perceive it as manipulation, as somehow uh, taking advantage of other people for your own benefit, for your own ends. 
for me, persuasion is a critical skill to develop while you're on your journey to becoming a complete leader, because ultimately one of the most important roles of leaders is to inspire or persuade people to make commitments that they wouldn't otherwise make. And that just needs to set for a while. And, uh, and people think about what that means to make commitments they wouldn't otherwise make. It's not make commitments they don't want to make, correct? That's correct. And it's really, I think the reason that we get these opposite responses of either loving or hating that idea of persuading others is because of the difference between motive and behavior. So the motive is why am I persuading this person and the behavior is how am I going about doing it? And I think oftentimes those of us that uh, recoil or think that persuasion is a manipulation, we're thinking that it's somebody who's doing it without having the other person's best interests at heart. But a complete leader who's persuasive persuades people to make commitments or helps them to see things in ways they wouldn't otherwise because it's in their best interest. It's not completely divorced from self-interest because leaders, by their very nature, have to not only help the followers get what they want, but the leaders also have to be accomplishing something. So I think of it as a dance. We have to have a leader and a follower. And in this dance, a good leader is never going to ask the other person to follow in a way that's detrimental to their well-being or that doesn't help to advance what their interests are. But they're still going to lead. They're still going to say, hey, this is the way to go. So you might think of it this way. If you saw somebody walking into the pathway of a car and they weren't aware that the car was coming toward them, would you just be quiet because you didn't want to persuade them because you thought that, well, of course not. You would yell, you would maybe even jump in front and grab them. You would do something to persuade them to behave differently because you knew that it was in their best interest to not be hit by that car. However, if you could look at it another way, let's say maybe you're a real estate agent and you're showing people homes and you're trying to convince somebody to purchase a new home that you can tell they really love because you want to get a commission on that home and it's a big fat commission and you know down deep that they can't afford that home and that they're going to overextend themselves financially if they go forward with that home. Well, would that would it be okay for you to close the deal knowing that you may be setting them up for financial failure or unnecessary stress? So it's about the motivation behind it. And persuasion is really about influencing someone to make better decisions or to take actions that you're convinced in the long run will be in their best interest, even though they may not recognize yet that it's going to be in their best interest. Whereas manipulation in my mind is persuading somebody to do something that's not in their own best interest and you're just doing it because of what you get out of it. So let's talk about some other practical ways that this plays out. Yeah, well, I, I think of two groups getting together on a Sunday morning. One group was a bunch of salespeople who are meeting on the golf course. And as they go around the golf course, they're talking about their customers. And the question is, do they talk about how they serve their customers, how they help their customers to get something that's going to make things better for them? Or do they talk about how they close that deal? And do they consider their customers as notches on their belt for another? You know, we even use language of being a hunter and eating what you kill. And we oftentimes in sales, we use this language, which implies 
that persuasion is about getting whatever you can out of it without much regard for whether it's in their best interest. So I often say to salespeople, when you're talking amongst each other about your last three or four or five deals, how would you feel if your customer was a part of the conversation? Would you speak the same way or would you change your language knowing that they were present listening to you talk about it. That's a good test of whether you're approaching persuasion as a noble leadership skill or whether you're using it as more of a manipulation for self-interest. There's another group. Let's say they're getting together Sunday morning at their local coffee shop, and we're going to say that they're a group of counselors. So they've been meeting with their customers or their clients or patients all week long. And how do they talk about their clients or their patients? Do they speak of them as victims? Do they talk about how helpless they are, about how dysfunctional their lives are, their relationships are, or do they talk about them as partners where they're helping them to think through things and to make better decisions? And even though maybe persuasion here is not quite as extroverted, maybe persuasion is not quite as direct, maybe it's indirect through the way that we ask questions or the way that we get them to self-reflect, it's still persuasion, it's just a different kind. And the question is, as counselors, are you speaking amongst your peers in a way that you would mind the patients being there listening to or would you be embarrassed if your patients could hear the way you're talking about them in their absence this is a great way that you see persuasion play itself out in a practical way where you're talking about both the purpose of persuasion and the methodology or how you go about doing it it requires a level of humility right it really does. I think it implies that you understand or see something that the other person doesn't and that you want to help them to see it so that they can benefit as a result. And if you're going to be a complete leader, you really need to embrace your role as a persuader. You can't be a complete leader and say, well, that persuasion thing, I'm just going to leave that to the side because it's uncomfortable for me. So at the same time, you can't be a persuader that is a manipulator. So it means that you have to approach this skill with humility with empathy, really understanding the person that you're seeking to persuade, understanding their experience, their circumstances, their emotions. And yet you have to also approach it with a lot of confidence that you do see something that can help them. And I believe that when you do that successfully, it becomes one of the greatest emotional rewards that you'll have in your leadership career. I don't know how many teachers or business leaders or not-for-profit leaders will tell me of somebody who comes back to them three or five or 10 or 20 years later and say, you changed my life. And having had some people come to me and tell me that, I can tell you, it's pretty precious. It's one of the most um, satisfying, it's one of the most affirming, fulfilling things that you'll ever, ever experience when somebody comes and says, you persuaded me to do something I wouldn't have done otherwise. And as a consequence today, my life is better. That is a powerful moment. Let's talk about how we build and develop the skill of persuasion. Well, it's a combination of three components. So the first one is credibility, or I refer to it often as your personal brand. What I mean by that is that before you even open your mouth to persuade somebody, before you even write a letter or send out anything, they already have an opinion about you. So the question is, what is that opinion? Every time that they're exposed to you, either in person or through digital media or however they're exposed to you, it's either adding a positive 
uh, awareness, a positive opinion about you, or it's taking something away, which could become a negative opinion of you. So your past is actually the greatest influence on your ability to persuade. You know, Dale, that if I introduced you to somebody right away, based on how I introduced them, you would develop your own sense of judgment of how much you should trust what they have to say, how much you're going to lean into the conversation. So credibility is the foundation for all persuasion. So the first thing to do is to take care, to, to do a good job of developing and managing your own personal brand or your own credibility. And that's all a combination of how your past decisions and your past actions have played out in your life. The second component is when you seek to persuade them in the way that you present to them, is it something that's logical, that's understandable, that has good rationale behind it? If you try to persuade people in a way that doesn't make sense, it's very hard to be persuasive. So you have to lay out a roadmap. You have to lay out your logic of how you want to influence them, what you want them to consider, and it has to make good sense. And then the third component is they're going to be judging how much conviction you have around what you're encouraging them or suggesting that they consider. So that's about passion. It's about enthusiasm. It may be about how you tell a story. And that's an important component. One of the things that Napoleon Hill said in his work in the early 1900s around understanding human performance is that until emotion is joined with logic, nothing happens. People make decisions emotionally. Now, they have to have logic behind it in order for that decision to make sense to them. And even if you have somebody who's really, really analytical, they use their analysis to get to feel right about the decision. So it always comes back to people make decisions to change or to do something new or to buy something or to go along with what you're suggesting, how you're trying to persuade. It's all comes back to emotion. So you start with your credibility or your personal brand. Then you have a logical roadmap. You have a, a logical rationale for what you're wanting to influence them around. And then finally, they need to hear emotion. They need to see that you have conviction around it. And it's the combination of those three things that makes you a persuasive leader. All right. So... You've convinced us, you've, you've given us some ideas on how to develop the skill. Let's talk about some practical steps we can take as soon as the podcast is over to start growing this skill. Great. Well, first, know your personal brand. So how, do, how can you do that? Ask some people who are close to you, who know you well, to tell you three strengths and a weakness that they see in you. That's an easy way to do it. I think it really fits around that we should organize first around our strengths. So could be an email that you send out. It could be a conversation you have, but you could tell me three things that you think I do well. Tell me three areas that you think are strengths for me as a leader. And then tell me one area that you think I should work on improving. That's how you build a sense of what your personal brand is. You collect a number of these responses and the patterns will emerge. And then you ask yourself, how do I want to amplify what they've identified as my strengths? What are the things that enhance my brand? And then what do I want to fix? How do I want to work? And I usually suggest that you only work on fixing one weakness at a time because it's a lot of hard work and to fix it in a way that's lasting, you're going to have to practice and practice and practice. So start, know your personal brand. Number two, think of somebody you know who you would say is a great persuader. Who was the last person that changed your mind? And they really changed your mind. They didn't just bully you or you didn't just 
go along to get along, but they really did change the way you viewed something. And then think about how they did it. How did they use logic? How did they use emotion to do it? And by observing other people who are great persuaders, you'll learn from them and you'll learn ways that you can emulate their approach. Now, I'm not asking you to pretend that you're them. I'm saying learn from them and learn how you can express those traits that they have in your own way, your own unique way. Another suggestion I have, Dale, is that one of the great books of all time around persuasion is a book by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've got to confess to you that for many, many years, I didn't want to read that book because it sounded to me like the title should be How to Manipulate People. And when I finally decided that because it was such a popular book, I was going to read it so I would at least know how to criticize it, I was really surprised. It's about influence, not manipulation. It's still today a classic, and it's a classic for a reason, because it's about how to build strong relationships and how to influence people because you care about them or because you're a masterful influencer, masterful persuader. And then last of all, I would suggest ask yourself anytime you're getting ready to exercise this skill of persuasion, is this in their best interest in the long term? Protect yourself ethically, morally, by reminding yourself that the purpose of persuasion is to make somebody else's life better. The purpose of persuasion is to be a complete leader, to inspire people to make commitments they wouldn't otherwise make, that someday they will come back and thank you because you gave them that nudge through your skills of persuasion. Always conduct the motive check. Why am I doing this? Why am I trying to persuade this person? Absolutely. Okay. Any final thoughts for us? Well, you know, to master persuasion, going back to the story of our two Sunday morning gatherings, we all need to be part counselor, meaning that we're really good at asking questions and helping other people think through their decisions, their perspective, their actions. And then we need to be part salesperson where we're giving them good reasons to buy good reasons to commit and to make changes as a consequence of us seeing something that we're helping them see that's going to be the best for them in the long run. So be part counselor, part salesperson, and go out and be a great persuader. Hmm. Ron Price, co-author of The Complete Leader. Today, as we dive into persuasion, one of the competencies in the book, The Complete Leader. Thank you so much, Ron. Great to be with you, Dale. Thank you. Great to be with you as well. So just a few housekeeping items for our listeners. First and foremost, please go in and subscribe to this podcast. You'll find it in iTunes. Once there, just hit the subscribe button. That way, there is a uh, reminder for you each and every week as a new episode is delivered. Also, be sure to check out The Complete Leader website. It's super easy, thecompleteleader.org. Once there, you will find a number of resources for you to dive deeper into this idea of growing your leadership capacity. Uh, blog posts, more podcasts, videos featuring Ron along with all of the uh, facilitators and faculty of The Complete Leader. Great resource for you there. We appreciate you listening to this edition of The Complete Leader Podcast. It's everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.